in. The warrior snorted, his lip curling in disgust. Stupid fools. He had had to eat stale, dried beef. The road widened at the edge of town, and he could see the track ahead, meandering through the thickening larches until it disappeared into the forest in a sloping curve. Ahead, the pine-blanketed foothills that rose upward, ever upward. Another world seemed to beckon from beyond the mist on the lofty horizon. Passing the last of the humble village dwellings, the warrior glanced lazily to right and left. Sullen eyes, fearful faces. He spurred Torah onward at a bit faster pace, suppressing an urge to wheel around and snarl at the ignorant peasants just to see them scramble for cover. What was the sense? That would mark him for a lesser man. Instead, he pulled himself erect in the saddle and shifted his swords to a more comfortable position. He spoke affectionately to his mount and urged him forward under a lush green umbrella of shade-dappled forest, the hot sun at his back only slightly more searing than the hostile eyes that burned into him like brands. He could imagine them crossing themselves in their superstitious way, but not out of concern for him, he was sure. More likely, in gratitude that he was on his way. Stale beef. What ignoble fare. No doubt the Englishmen were eating better right now. Ah, but the few hours he had spent with them had been enjoyable. For the short span until they had ridden into town, it had been the same old thing. Another village of ignorant peasants, another impossible dialect, more suspicious stares and mutterings. Then the two Englishers, merchants traveling to Turk-held Buddha and Pest, had clattered into town with many a hearty laugh and trifling concern over dirt and discomfort. The affable, red-faced Goodwin, with his ready horse laugh, riding a splendid Arabian charger on which he looked positively ridiculous. The somber walking stick Lancaster, with his bloodhound eyes and ironic wit their three dourly officious bodyguards, grimly sizing up the onlookers with darting eyes, rapiers bouncing comically on their hips like clinging waifs. They had spoken French, loathsome, twisted language, and the warrior had found them eager to exchange tales of adventure. They had tipped many a flagon of wine and ale to each other's good fortune and to surcease of evil and all manner of mortal terror. The merchants had been intrigued by the strange warrior who had mastered tongues so alien to him, eagerly drawing from him the endless tales of a life of high adventure, of bone-shattering clashes of men and steel, of fragile love, won, lost, and squandered, of monsters and magics and valiant death, and the warrior had found companions. But then he had pressed matters too far. When they announced their intention of riding on into the nighted hills on a course matching his own for a time, he had thrust forward his sloshing flagon in a grinning toast to their continued fellowship on the road. No cup was proffered in return. The smiles melted. Undisguised glances passed from one Englisher to the next. Nervous throat-clearing, followed by all manner of illogical arguments to the contrary— they began excusing themselves from the table. The clown had finished with his entertainment. What had it been this time? The hair tied off in its peculiar topknot? The narrow, angular eyes? Anxious whispers. 
Did he wear his swords too confidently, nervous hilt-clenching by the bodyguards? Damned ignorant fools, snobbish, money-grubbing merchants, I'm no highwayman. If so, I could have hefted their burden of gold with little trouble. I'm not some hell-spawned satyr come to ravage the countryside. Let them stumble along their course, then. Let them trust to those three dolts with the dangling rapiers, probably each with a virgin edge, ne? They'll be fair game for bandits and night fiends before long. I need no puffy-faced riding companions with sagging behinds. They're a burden, worthless in a fight, a bane on all of them. Friends often turn traitor, more often turn up dead. If I'm to ride alone, then that's my course. Chosen, ordained, that is karma. Am I not my father's son? Above them all in the scheme of things, firstborn...